Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Technical advice by John Melanson. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Well, welcome everyone to BDPAI Radio tonight. It is the time for us to have a fantastic show. We've got wonderful guests. Uh, the date today is September 13th, and we have four terrific guests. Our first guest is Patrick Nelson, and he plays uh, many, many roles in his life. And the one that we're going to focus on tonight is the fact that he is the chairperson of BDPA Cincinnati Corporate Advisory Council. He also um, is an executive at Procter & Gamble as well. Our second guest is Mario Armstrong. Many of you may have heard him on the airwaves already. He is owner and host of a daily talk show on Cyrus XM Radio. So it's very exciting to be talking with Mario and uh, he's been involved in technology a long time. I've actually uh, known him for a number of years. Our third guest is Kayleith Oliver. And he is very involved in BDPA as well. And his role is as a high school computer competition alumni. So he's been through the experience. And um, he shares his knowledge with uh, younger high school computer competition participants. He is also a, um, and he's with the BDPA Richmond chapter, and he's also a senior consultant at the North Highland Group. And our final guest is a Philadelphia guy who recently had a birthday, which was celebrated by a number of people via Facebook, and that is Curtis Jenkins. And he is the vice president of strategy and planning for National BDPA. So in a few moments, when we come back, we're going to start the interview process with Patrick Nelson. Welcome again to BDPA iRadio. Welcome to BDPA Internet Radio. I'm your host, Fran McNeil. Kudos to the 45 BDPA chapters across the nation and their members. And special thanks to the national, regional, and local sponsors who support BDPA and the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Well, welcome, Patrick. How are you this evening? I'm doing fabulous. And yourself? Oh, just fine. It is beautiful warm weather in Philadelphia after lots of rain, so it feels like summer, (laughs) and that's exciting. How are things? Are you in Cincinnati tonight? Yes, I am, and uh, we had a beautiful day here as well. The temperatures have cooled down a bit, and uh, we're enjoying the sunshine and the uh, great fall weather. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, I want to introduce the audience to you. You've got such a rich background, and I want to share some things before we get started. I'd like the audience to know that you, Patrick Nelson, are one of the highest-ranking African-American executives at Procter & Gamble. You're also a longtime BDPA member who served for a brief period of time as the BDPA Cincinnati Chapter President. 
And over the last few years, you've chaired the chapter's Corporate Advisory Council, which provides strategic and financial advice to the chapter's Board of Directors. And you've been really instrumental in spurring a growth in the chapter's funding and membership. So one of the things as I sort of told people as they heard that you were going to be a guest on the show is what are some of your best practices from your BDPA experiences? So I thought maybe I'd start um, right there, which is like a key point that people want to know. Based on your involvement with BDPA, what are some of the best practices that you found? Okay. Well, let me correct one uh, point you made in my intro. Sure. Uh, yes, I am a very high-ranking member within the African-American community with, uh, within Procter & Gamble, uh, but specifically within the IT function. There are okay. uh, several layers that are between me and uh, the CIO or the CEO uh, from a GBS perspective. But if you focus, let me focus back on um, the best practices for uh, the Corporate Advisory Council. The first and foremost is that uh, you have to make a personal connection with the members that you're inviting to join your Corporate Advisory Council. Um, second piece is that um, your message has to be relevant to what the uh, people that you're asking to participate with the Advisory Council um, are doing. So as an example, um, one of the members of our Corporate Advisory Council is Kevin Murray. Kevin is uh, a Vice President of IT at Cincinnati Bell, and uh, he agreed to join the council because one of the things that um, he's focused on at Cincinnati Bell is creating opportunities for uh, African-American youth uh, to enter the IT field. And as we sat down and engaged on the topic of BDPA, we made sure that we um, that Kevin understood that BDPA was a vehicle by which he could achieve his corporate objectives. Um, third uh, best practice would be the work that you do uh, has to be very practical, practical and achievable within the time frame that you're working from. And for us, our strategic horizon is we focused on year one, and then we create a three-year um, vision uh, after that year one. If the goals that you set and the programs that you create are deliverable within that time frame, it's much, much easier to get people on board um, with your program. And then I guess the, the final piece I'll echo again is everything is about relevancy. The work that you are asking people to become involved with at a very, very personal level has to be relevant to what their company objectives are, what their personal objectives are, and um, what your organizational objectives are. So relevancy is key. Mm, thank you. And I, I know from the inner uh, the uh, entrepreneurs forum, a lot of the same points are critical for entrepreneurs as they're really approaching and developing relationships. And certainly, what you've shared is relevant for chapter presidents who are in the funding mode. Um, the membership chair that is in the mode of attracting and retaining members. And um, we had an opportunity to listen to some of the high school computer competition students, and they recognize that they, too, um, are involved in recruiting, um, and they understood the importance of the personal contact, um, the relevance, you know, is it cool, uh, will it make me look geeky? Um, you know, what can I get out of it? 
and um, is it practical? So I love those points. Uh, thank you so much for, for sharing those. And a question I, I always ask people, and I'm, I'm really very interested to understand, how did you originally get involved in EPA? And what, what sort of sparked you to go from being a member to being actively involved? Um, that one's easy. Um, I was introduced to BDPA by a uh, close personal friend, Mr. Darrell Turner. Darrell was um, also a Procter & Gamble employee at the time, and he explained to me what the benefits of uh, joining BDPA were. The key benefit uh, that attracted me most was that BDPA provided uh, for me the opportunity to uh, learn how to lead without um, the associated risk of running big projects at the corporate level. We could, I could leverage the skills that I was uh, learning within the Procter & Gamble environment and bring those skills and really get a chance to practice them um, within the BDPA environment. And it turned out to be absolutely true. Um, so that's, that's how I got in, uh, got involved. Uh, I had a, a person that held my hand through the process to bring me in. Darrell also leveraged the fact that I was new and had a lot of energy for the uh, work, and he took that energy and asked me to assume the role of um, liaison for the Corporate Advisory Council. So from the very beginning of my experiences with BDPA, I've been working with the Corporate Advisory Council. At that time, I was more the, um, I, for lack of a better way to put it, the gopher for the group. Uh, in most people, in most roles, you cut your teeth. Um, by uh, being the person that um, gets things done. You're on call all the time to the members of the CAC. Now, what keeps me involved uh, at this level is that um, I have a personal belief that to whom much has been given, much is required. Um, I've been a, um, a member of Procter & Gamble for 26 years. Procter has deeply blessed me and blessed my family with um, experiences to work and travel all around the world, and I'm at a point where it's time for me to uh, look at it, and I've been doing, all, doing it all along, but to give back to the community, to do it in a very positive way, to do it in a way that's relevant uh, to what's needed for the future. And uh, joining the Corporate Advisory Council um, was one of those ways. I joined first as a member. I wasn't the CAC chairperson. Um, that happened um, a year or two after I returned from an assignment overseas um, in Geneva. Wow. Wow, that is really exciting, and I'm I'm jotting down what I pulled out as the three L's. Um, BDPA provides an opportunity to learn how to lead, and an opportunity to leverage your skills, um, and that is that is Correct. powerful. Um, so, wow, uh, thank you for sharing that. So, you know, what exactly do you do in your role on the corporate advisory council, and you know, we have listeners that are listening as members and kind of focusing on their chapter. We now have a regional structure so that people kind of listening with the regional ear. And we've got uh, folks, and we have Curtis on the line, that are listening from the national level. So what's your role on the CAC, and how do you add value on those different levels, chapter, regional, and national? My role as the chairperson is first and foremost to organize the activities for the Corporate Advisory Council itself. All of those activities have to be uh, directly related back to the role of the chapter and uh, looking at the chapter from an, a health assessment 
and a strategic planning perspective. So what we did as we uh, relaunched the Corporate Advisory Council is we held uh, off-sites, uh, first with the officers that are in BDPA terms, the Board of Directors for the local Cincinnati chapter. We did a full-fledged understanding of what the situation was uh, for the chapter, and then we helped them to produce a strategy that would take them from where they were to where they were um, intending to be or the goals that they had set for themselves at a chap as a chapter. Um, after we uh, helped them to create the strategic plan, then my role is to be uh, the chaser, uh, again, for lack of a better term. Um, I chase uh, both the board of directors to make sure that they're actually executing against the plan, all right, and I chase the members of the Corporate Advisory Council to make sure that they are always accessible um, and they're always um, available to give um, the resources that they have at their command uh, on behalf of the chapter. And when I say chase, I really don't mean I'm running around after them. It, it's really not that hard. It's uh, I just have the responsibility to make sure that we execute against our strategic plan. Now, one of the things that just happens to be a part of that is to make sure from a health uh, check standpoint that the chapter has the funds that it needs to operate. And when I say funds, I should say resources, because resources are more than just money. You have to focus on making sure that they have a healthy membership as well. So part of what we focused on early on was the goal of uh, growing the uh, monthly meetings from a 10 or 20 uh, type level to a 40 to 60 people showing up for every monthly meeting and uh, having a, a recurring number of people that became core members as well as a target for new members that would come in or new people that would show up uh, for every meeting. So we provide uh, resources like meeting facilities. Uh, we provide resources uh, that's pure dollars and cents funding. We provide resources in people that have the right skills based on what we're executing at the time. An example would be uh, this year we, the uh, Cincinnati State, one of our uh, partner organizations, agreed to host the Midwest Regional Conference. And what we did was provide resources from our CAC organization uh, to make that conference come to life. As an example, HP, um, which is a member on the council, provided laptop computers and all of the hardware necessary um, to put the conference on. Uh, Procter & Gamble provided people resources to be the manpower that uh, actually set everything up, uh, made sure that it executed well. Um, and I, I would be remiss if I tried to list them all, but uh, even Kevin Murray, the vice president in, uh, of Cincinnati Bell, came down and spent personal time sharing his uh, experiences with the students as well. Um, Wayne Hicks, who is the um, foundation, the National Foundation um, Executive Director, participated as well. So across all of the organizations in the CAC, every uh, member organization provided resources to make sure that that event was successful. And when it came time to send people to the national conference, exact same thing. The chapter laid out what they needed, and we uh, leveraged the CAC to make sure that they had what they needed. Wow. And, you know, I have been an executive coach, and I do that now directly with small businesses. And, you know, our audience is having the opportunity to hear executive discussions. And so you are using, you know, strategic plan, execute, resource management, accountability, and that's, that's really exciting. Um, you know, some people have said that being a part of BDPA is really being a part of a, a serious organization that has financial 
um, commitments, and there's really lots of leadership opportunities. So I loved how you laid that out. Two quick questions, and I'm going to ask you to um, make them sort of the minute version. But one that's been coming across the chat is, what advice do you have for African Americans who want to be leaders in information technology? Very simple. Step up and stand out. If you don't get off of the wall and stop watching the programs go on, you have to step up and represent yourself first and foremost. As you step up, you will definitely stand out from the crowd you left on the wall. You have to make sure that you are willing to put the investment in um, to do what's necessary to, quote, be the leader that you want to be. Nobody else is going to do it for you. You have to make the decision for yourself that you're committed and willing to do what's necessary to, quote, lead. Wow. That that is it. That that's gonna be the final thought. You know, Patrick, I am so excited that you were able to take some time out of your very demanding schedule to share it with the BDPA iRadio audience. Again, we have been listening to and being energized by Patrick Nelson, chairperson of the BDPA Cincinnati Corporate Advisory Council and um a leader in the IT area of Procter and Gamble. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. You're very welcome. You have a great evening. Thank you. Connecting with Mario Armstrong. And, you know, Mario is a dynamo. He is on-air talent, digital lifestyle expert, small business advocate, and youth motivator. And what he does, it's really fascinating to watch him work. He breaks down technology to non-tech audiences. He has been seen on the Today Show, MSNBC, CNBC, and has a weekly segment on CNN. So we are talking straight to the juice here. So he is the host of the only daily digital lifestyle talk show on Cyrus XM, channel 128, in case you want to tune in, Monday through Friday, from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, Mario, there's lots more to his bio. I want to get him talking so that the audience can really experience his richness. So, Mario, welcome to the BDPA Internet Radio Show. Hey, Fran, how are you? Thanks so much for having me in. I'm honored to be here. Oh, it is a pleasure, and thank you so much for joining our show. You know, so now I can say, hey, you know, we we've had uh, celebrities here on our show, true media, true media. So, um, you know, the next time you go on the Today Show, you know, just return the favor and bring me along. That's all I ask. So. <laughs> all right, sounds good. <laughs> I'm going to go with Patrick. You know, I'm setting, I'm, I'm stepping up, Mario, so I can right. stand out with. <laughs> Good. Okay. So, Mario, um, let's just jump right in. You know, as I, as I read your bio, you know, you help break down technology to non-tech audiences, and the BDPA membership. I mean, we have a wide spectrum of members and leaders, and I wanted to jump right into this question around what are some examples that you have just based on following the trends and being kind of right in the center of things of how technology helps consumers and entrepreneurs better their lives? 
it's so varying. Uh, it's it's so impactful right now, and I think we're finally getting to that point where everyone is starting to really recognize that we are in a world full of connectedness. That um, the we will have multiple devices being able to connect, being able to talk to each other, and and happen in real time. And so specifically, when you start looking at um, say consumers, consumer audiences, I mean. There are technologies that help us better connect with our family members, stay more in touch with our long-distance family members, be able to see our nieces and nephews' first first moments that we normally wouldn't be able to, to see or we would have to wait to see a photograph or hear it on the phone as a phone call. Um, we're able to see that in video these days, whether it's on a tablet or on our computer or using Skype or on our handheld phone. We're able to see live video from our family and friends uh, but I also think consumers will start to see a big impact in things like mobile on the healthcare side as we start to see health technology and really specifically mobile health, not known as mHealth, really start to bring mobile healthcare to the home. And I think we've already seen some products from Cisco and other companies, but the idea that consumers want to be able to have more control over their healthcare and can use software, the Internet, hardware devices to be a more informed patient and share that information back to their physician or back to their doctors, I think is, is you know, a major game changer uh, and something that will certainly impact um, consumers. Uh, I think from the entrepreneurial perspective, I think we just, we're, we're in an incredible time where um, if you build your body of work effectively, and when I say body of work, that means ultimately what I'm speaking about is building your brand, building your online reputation. In other words, let people know who you are, what you're about as an entrepreneur, I'm speaking, and, and what you're trying to build and communicate that message consistently. Uh, we're at a time now where social media helps you to faster connect with your consumers, get a better understanding of what they like or dislike about your product, um, give you the business intelligence so that you can make smart decisions about where you're taking your company to the next uh, level, and ultimately position yourself as a thought leader in your field. Um, I think, you know, now we've simply seen that the democratization of technology, being that it's become cheaper, being that more of us are developing programming, um, and, we, and, and more of us are doing engineering, uh, we have a greater sense of what needs are that are out there in the marketplace that as entrepreneurs we can fulfill through technology. So I, I think it's, you know, really it's up to the individual right now, but I think the mobile space is clearly the hottest area that's having the largest impact, if you ask me, on entrepreneurship as well as consumers. Mm. So then that would lead into my sort of next question around what are some technology trends that you predict for 2012 and, say, 2013? So mobile would be part of it. <laughs> You're making me look at a crystal ball? <laughs> Absolutely, because, hey, you've been around. So, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think you're going to be on target. So I'm, I'm listening. Okay, all right. Let's see. Don't hold me to this, folks. Let's see here. Let's see. If I, if I get... Two out of, out of out of three correct, and that, then I'm doing good. Um, I think 2012 into 2013, big area that we will see will be mobile payments, 
And so mobile wallets, our the ability to use our phones at physical locations to make payments. And instead of pulling out our credit card out of our wallet or out of our purse, we will simply pull out our cell phone and swipe that um, <clears throat> across, a, across a merchant's pad. Um, so mobile wallets will definitely, and mobile payments will definitely kick off and be something that will start to not necessarily be um, fully adopted by all consumers, but it will certainly kick off by the end of this year and in 2012 be something that's readily talked about. Uh, I think another area that will start to surface a little bit more uh, is called augmented reality. And augmented reality is the ability to essentially take 3D objects or virtual elements and layer those visual 3D elements on top of the real-world elements. So in other words, a real estate professional could take a, a home buyer out to a house, point their phone at that house. So you're looking at the real-world element of that home, but what you could see on this phone or on the tablet would be a whole bunch of other data. Some of that could be visual. Some of it could be text. Um, some of it could be uh, video. All of that data would overlay on top of this home, maybe the value of the home, how many bathrooms, a quick image of the bathroom. All of this information could be done before you even walk into that, that particular property. So I think augmented reality, we've seen this in the military. We've seen this in healthcare. I mean, even the first down marker, yellow first down line, is technically augmented reality uh, because it doesn't really exist. It's a, it's a digital artifact. So I think those, and I think touch, touch technology will con continue to evolve even more so than how we've been seeing with uh, tablets. I think we'll start to see more, more touch and, and bodily movement technology, uh, sensing technology. And I think speech recognition will, will finally really kick in a little bit better in our automobiles and in our computers. Wow, those are exciting areas to uh, think about. And a question that immediately pops to my mind is, given that BEPA is an organization that helps take people from the classroom to the boardroom, and that can be corporate, that can be their own business or working with entrepreneurs, um, what are some things that members can do to kind of capitalize on the fact that they're part of the IT industry? They're in an organization that wants to support their uh, gaining additional skills and utilizing them. So any, any thoughts on how members can begin to um, increase their knowledge of this technology or make money from this technology? I'll, I'll leave it open-ended. Open I, I, that's a great question um, because I think that really gets to the heart of uh, what can the individual do um, and how can this age that we live in impact that individual. And I think you hit a couple of points. I think, number one, what comes to mind to me with BDPA is thought leadership. Um, BDPA members that I've, that I've known over the years and have, have uh, grown relationships with and, and see it conferences and at other, other events, all have been very confident in their ability to lead, in their ability to uh, understand networking is key, understand that investing in oneself is the ultimate uh, education, and that in order to really be successful, 
you must be willing to be flexible, to be agile, and be willing to want to learn what you do not know uh, and to take calculated risks. And I think on that note is where I would really try to focus the attention. If, if There's so much information that's happening right now. It's hard to focus. And so I think what individuals need to do, my two cents, would be to focus in on what your passion is. Because I think if you identify what you are truly passionate about, what really moves your moral compass, what really excites you at the end of the day, if you can identify what that is, trust me when I tell you, your technology skills are going to be utilized in that passion. Uh, it, I don't care if it, what the passion could be, technology will play a role in that passion. And I think if you can identify your passion and then identify how technology can help move that passion along, whether that's a, a passion uh, to have a better career opportunity or whether that's a passion to have a better family life or whether that's a passion to pursue a hobby and maybe one day turn that into your own business, whatever that passion is, I think you really need to identify that first, then start looking at, well, where does technology intersect with my passion? And where you find it does not intersect, I believe there are the opportunities for you to start looking at what you can build upon, how you can differentiate yourself in the marketplace, and how you can be a true innovator and have true impact in something that you believe in and, and, and really feel passionate about. So I, I think um, that, to me, would probably uh, um, really be the best advice that I could give because there's so much information. There's so many workshops. I mean, webinars, you should be taking these webinars uh, when your lunch breaks. I mean, if you're sitting around on your lunch break and you're loafing because you see that as downtime for you to go ahead and chill out and take a break, you're missing out. The next person is sitting in another office in another company or in a cube across from you, and they're at a webinar eating their sandwich, learning about search engine optimization, learning about cloud computing, learning about virtualization. They're on to the next thing. And so we are in a highly competitive space. And many of us, I believe, especially some of you, don't get mad at me, but I think some of you in corporate America, I was once there, some of you in corporate America did get uh, comfortable with your position. And I think uh, the rude awakening, if you haven't seen it already, um, it will certainly start to expose itself over the next couple of years and as more and more jobs are taken away from people who were comfortable with their position. Mm, well, Mario, you are true to your bio. You bring passion. Um, you bring focus. And I, I love that connection between the passion look for how technology kind of intersects there and then look for where it doesn't because that creates or can create an opportunity for you to differentiate yourself, innovate, and make an impact. So that was really, really powerful. I definitely want to have you back on another show um, I love your energy. I do um, want you to just give, and I mean literally it's a 15-second, just a promo okay. for your show. So I'm going to turn that over to you, and then we're going to move right into our next guest, Khalif. So, Mario, your 30-second promo. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. Okay. I should know how to do this being in TV, right? Um, but right. I do appreciate, uh, number one, being on this show. What you guys provide here is an incredible service. 
and I'm thankful to be a part of it, and, and others should be continuing to support this program. Real quickly, if you want to follow anything that I'm up to um, or in, engage with me, we're doing a lot of youth programs. We're looking for African-American mobile app developers right now as we speak. So we're doing a lot of things right now where we can use your input and uh, your interest. Go to MarioArmstrong.com. Mario Armstrong, all one word, dot com. You can follow me on Twitter from there, Facebook, and you can find out all about our radio show and CNN and Today's Show appearances and everything right from the website. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Mario, for joining us tonight. Have a great evening, a terrific week, and we are going to reconnect very soon, very soon. So thank Look you. Look forward to night. it, Fran. Look forward Thanks. to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sure. Bye-bye. Well, our next guest, you can see that we are on a roll. This is what BDPA Internet Radio is all about, bringing you right to your ear, right to your computer, right to your phone, great information from our members, our sponsors, our leaders. And our next guest is Kayleaf Oliver. He is a high school computer competition alumni, and he's also a senior consultant at the North Highland. And, you know, Kayleth represented the BDPA Richmond chapter as a member of their National High School Computer Competition team in 1995 and 1996. And then after college, he accepted a consulting position, and he now lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Kayleth, you know, you bring a unique perspective, and I want to welcome you to the show, and thanks for um, being on at 9 o'clock at night. And I was hoping that you could share with us a little bit about how BDPA had an impact on you when you were making some of your college and career choices. So first, let me back up and say welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be able to chat with you today. Oh, terrific. So let's let's um I'm gonna have you talk a little bit about BDPA and, you know, your college choices, your career choices, um, because you kinda got involved at the high school level. So I'm just gonna have you share some thoughts with us for a moment, for a few moments. Yeah, I can definitely talk about that. I started, as you said, back in nineteen ninety five and I actually competed for four years in a row all the way through uh nineteen ninety eight. And I enjoyed every moment of it. Learned a lot at the conferences about networking, in addition to the hard skills of programming. So, um, moving forward to college, I moved into engineering. Um, however, the IT skills and the networking skills that I learned in BEPA from attending the um, computer competitions came in handy when doing things within college. So it definitely helped me out in that. And also, when I was in college, my internships. Um, were in the IT departments of, uh, at the time, the second largest aluminum company in the world. So I was able to to spin it off into the, some database development from what I learned directly from what I learned at BEPA and to save the company over a million dollars a year as an intern, still as a teenager in, in college. So that one thing alone just showed me very easily how hard skills that I learned in BDPA came directly in handy in job, and I hadn't even gotten out of college yet. Okay, um, now I want to stop for a, I want to stop you just for a moment because that 
is powerful. That is worth repeating. I am sure Wayne is going to ask me for that slice of the MP3 file so he can <laughs> use it as he, he talks with sponsors and members and, and alumni. So repeat that for the listeners. Just repeat that segment around as a teenager, what you learned at BDPA, and how you added value to a corporation even though or while you were a high school student. Just give me that sentence again. Yes, yeah, so I was working for the second largest aluminum producing company in the world, and I developed a database for them directly from the skills I learned in BDPA with Visual Basic and ended up saving them over a million dollars a year just in within a six-week project during the summer, as I said, while I was still a teenager. So that that was a major impact to me of how important the skills and the networking is that I learned at BPA. Wow. You know, that that is a powerful experience. And tell us a little bit more about your experiences when you were on the high school computer competition team. What what was some of the value of that for you personally? So I originally began in 1995 going to the Philadelphia Conference and started when my older brother, Kalanji, and started started with BDPA and was like, hey, colleagues, you should join. This is something great, pretty good that I'm doing. I joined, went to Philadelphia as an alternate, and then after that in Atlanta, Houston, and Orlando, in the next three years I was a, a competition team member, and it was some of the greatest times I had up to that point. It was meeting other people who were very interested in learning about technology, other people who were like me, African Americans and minorities who were trying to make something better and move forward in their lives and giving up time out of their day and their weekends. And one of the biggest impacts to me was the fact that there are professionals who are giving up their Saturday mornings on and during the summer for the entire summer starting um, back in the spring, just to reach back and help us out. That made a huge impact on me of this is something I definitely want to stay involved in and helps me to reach back and help out others now within BEPA and in other organizations. So that was, outside of the tangible aspects that I've already mentioned, just the ability of seeing how it is that black professionals want to reach back. And one final thing I'll throw in there is that um, I was able to meet and introduce Earl Pace one time when he came to Richmond to speak. So that was having learned so much about him in the computer competition, that was just like being royalty for me. Ah, well, you know, he is a very regal man. Um, He has structure, he has style, uh, he has savvy, um, he's he's brilliant, he's a great relationship um, builder, and uh, he's a technology thought leader. So I agree, I, I have that same... Oh, my goodness, the real one and only Earl Pace, Jr. Yeah, it it is an honor to be. That, that's cool. That's cool. I can definitely, definitely relate to that. Um, and um, so, you know, you're now uh, clearly out of high school, out of college. You're working. And we've had a number of high school competition alumni on. We've had some of the... Um, instructors, et cetera, on. And one question that I'd like to ask is, given the fact that people are giving up their Saturdays and people are very committed to helping the students, what's one key point that chapters should keep in mind as they attract high school and college members to the organization so that people don't just kind of come in, do the competition and leave, 
or come in for college and then forget about it totally. So so what's something that chapters can keep in mind as they attract with the goal of retaining, going back to some of the metrics that Mr. Nelson identified from an executive perspective? One of the key things that I've seen is partnership with other organizations. If, As a young person, if I see multiple organizations and multiple touch points coming together to try to help me out, regardless of whether I'm in BPA or recently I attended a Blacks at Microsoft Minority Student Day down here in Charlotte, and just seeing those type of interactions, seeing there's multiple people coming together, and regardless of which organization I'm involved in, I will be more likely to stay involved past just my high school computer competition or just my college um, my college experience within BDPA. So that's one thing I definitely see, and you get to see more and more people as we and you have execs and different companies who are reaching back and coming to talk to students, and they get to see a wider variety of successful people who come from either within BDPA or they became successful and decided to give back. So just seeing that and having evidence of the success that people have had and the, the fact that they're reaching back to provide mentorship it goes a long way. It makes a huge impact on people. And just seeing at the black, the Minority Student Day that I went to with high school and college students, just to see the smiles on their face and how much they enjoyed themselves just in one day because it was multiple organizations coming together to help them out. That is, and, you know, that's a perspective um, that I don't know if I've heard quite that way, and it's very powerful, the partnerships with member organizations and the opportunity for individuals on the high school and college level to see executives, to see people giving back, to see success, um, and to see it from multiple organizations. Uh, that's that's really helpful because it, it kind of dovetails into what the leaders are doing in terms of attracting corporate sponsors. It dovetails into what the membership and the program people are doing in terms of um, you know, utilizing resources, and it certainly helps uh, chapter members as well as the high school and college members um, have access to professional aspects of the IT community. So that's really powerful. Keith, I know that um, what I do is I have four guests, and it means kind of 15 minutes for each interview, and I, I may need to expand the show to two hours because I, I feel like 15 minutes isn't enough. You know, we've got these great people on, and I want to hear more. And what I'm going to ask you to do, though, is to share one final thought um, that you'd like to leave the audience with. You've just got some wonderful richness, and I really do appreciate you being on the show. So uh, just, just kind of tie it all together. What would you like to leave as a final thought? Kind of the theme of what a lot of people have been saying so far and what I'm saying is basically reach up and reach back. If you're young, if you're trying to get involved, reach up for the stars. Try to get involved early and make the investment, make the sacrifice, realizing that it will pay off later in life. And once you've done that, reach back, help out the people, mentor people coming up so they realize that if they do make the investment, they see the final product and see the return on their investment. Just those two things, reach up and reach back. If we do that as a minority and black IT community, we'll be a whole lot more successful in the coming years. Wow, that is powerful. I love these sound bites. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for being part of the BDPAI radio show. Thanks for giving up a little bit of your evening tonight. And you've shared some powerful thoughts that I know will motivate and inspire others. So have a great evening and a great rest of the week. Thank you. I definitely appreciate you guys having me. And I have enjoyed the other participants as well. Oh, terrific. Yeah, that's that's the one nice thing about uh, being on the show. You get to really hear everything that's going on. So continue to listen, um, chat, tweet, encourage others to tune into the show. And, of course, you and all the other guests as well as our listeners can always listen to the archive. You can download the MP3 file and all of that kind of good stuff on www.blogtalkradio.com slash bdpa. So um, we're accessible to you. Well, coming up next, Curtis Jenkins, Vice President of Strategy and Planning. He is a project manager for over 10 years with his most recent experience in mergers and acquisition integration program manager. And Curtis serves on the National Executive Committee and the National BDPA Board of Directors as VP of Strategy and Planning. Curtis has just a wonderful bio here that clearly shows dedication to BDPA, and I'd like to get him on the air. So welcome, Curtis. How are you tonight? Fran, I'm doing very fine. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I will say before you ask me any question, I think I know the answer, and that's ditto, because everything that everybody else has said already is powerful and impactful, and I'm very excited to be a part of this organization. So thanks for having me, and thanks for having such wonderful guests to uh, to listen to. I'm just hoping that uh, I'm able to provide a fraction of the passion and power of what they represented uh, in, in our interview. So thanks again. Oh, thank you. And I know that you are the talk about power and impact. That is your middle name. I would put that in quotes, <laughs> Curtis Power and Impact Jenkins. So we're going to get started. Um, and with VP of Strategy and Planning, I mean, you're doing the things that Patrick Nelson talked about. You're doing them on a day-to-day basis within BDPA. So I'd love for you to share with us, because some people may not kind of understand the National Board of Directors, and they may not be aware of what it is you do. So if you could kind of answer that question, what is your role, and how do you add value, very similar to what I asked Patrick, on the chapter, regional, and national levels? Because a lot of times our audience is saying, wow, that's great that we've got leaders in BDPA, but in a sense, what does it mean to me? So I'm going to stop talking and let you share your brilliance. Okay, so let me give you a bit of context first. Uh, You mentioned the National Board of Directors. Uh, That's made up of uh, the National Executive Committee, which includes elected positions and appointed positions, Uh, the elected positions being the president, uh, the national president, uh, the vice president of finance, um, and in our new regional role, uh, we've we've, uh, voted in regional directors and regional vice presidents. Uh, that's the the other portion of the national uh, board of directors is the chapter presidents. Um, so all of these folks serve as the leaders for the organization. My specific role as VP of strategy and planning is to set the direction for the organization. Uh, we get together on a yearly basis 
and we decide how do, how well do we do and what do we need to do moving forward. Uh, one of the things that I do to add value at the national level is take a look at it from a strategic perspective. What are competitive organizations doing? What's happening with IT, uh, IT industry trends? Uh, what are some of the surveys uh, that uh, we've taken and that we could benefit from? I mean, I was listening to the young man, Khalif, and already taking in some, something that he said about partnering with other organizations. And then what's the voice of the chapters? What's going on at the local levels, and, and, and how can we take the positive things that's going on and use that as marketing and then some of the challenges and struggles that they have so that we can problem solve. So that's what I do. I, I bring all of that together uh, and, and try to create a strategy for the entire organization. What we've done is we've created a five-year plan under three strategic pillars. The first one is organizational cleanup. There's, a, there's a, a mess with the economy, and like other organizations, we have to retrench and we have to do things right. We have to do them the right way. We have to do them at the lowest possible cost and get the most value. The second is organizational transformation, and we've gone from an organization uh, that was national. We remain national, but we're going to operate on a regional structure. Two reasons. One, it allows us to, have, to go from a national board of directors of 50-plus people down to 17 people, and so that it makes the decision-making much, uh, much more easier. It makes the cost of having the organizational meetings uh, much more uh, prudent, and it, it allows us to be able to, to focus on a regional level what are the things that matter most in the Northeast region versus the Midwest region and the West region versus the South region. That way we can truly meet, re reach our third strategic pillar, which is membership value. If we can touch those members on what's relevant to their regions and those sponsors, we can add value to the organization and then we can grow the organization uh, in, in a manner that, that allows us to operate in an environment that's very difficult to maneuver in. In addition to what I do is I manage the relationships and the partnerships that was mentioned earlier. So uh, I evaluate whether we, we should uh, partner with organizations like uh, BD, BETF, which is a natural partnership because that's the sister organization, right? That's our foundation. ITSMF, that's another organization that partners with us that helps us with our classroom to the boardroom mantra. They are focused more on the boardroom area. But then there's other organizations that we partner with to say, you know, what's the value for us being a partner and how can we create some synergies so that we can grow together as an organization? And that's what I do uh, to help out with the, the chapter, regional, and national levels. Wow, that was, that was very comprehensive. And, you know, being able to share with us those three pillars, organization cleanup, organization transformation, and membership value, and the fact that it's a five-year plan. So, you know, you're helping to create the vision, to get the strategy, and to get it done. And one of the questions that I had when you were talking about some of the things that you do is that you said you look at IT trends. Um, are there some trends that, you know, you could share with us very quickly that may be important for members to focus on in terms of professional development, 
um, like Mario was identifying or something for members to perhaps consider as a workshop to bring into their uh, chapter meetings, et cetera. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to dovetail on what Mario stated, and he talked about mobility. Uh, everything is about mobility. Right now our computers uh, that used to be these big behemoths are now these tiny little things that we carry around and we do everything on them. We shop with them. We talk on them. Uh, we, we pay our bills with them. Uh, so mobility is, is I believe, the, the major trend uh, that we're going with, uh, with IT. The other one that I don't think I heard him mention, but this is near and dear to what I do professionally, and that's the security behind it. I mean, we, we have a situation, a uh, national security situation, where people are always trying to hack into our data on a daily basis. Identity theft is a real thing, and uh, companies are really uh, making a large investment in making sure that they're protected. They protect their customers. They protect the company uh, from being hacked by individuals that spend their lifetime uh, on a daily basis trying to hack into our companies and hack, in, hack into our national infrastructure. So those are two major trends that I think uh, you can't lose if, if you look into those, uh, those types of industries. Now, when, when you're having your program meetings, uh, there's so much more, but uh, I think it'll be behoove uh, the chapters to uh, get someone to come in to talk, but not only talk, but to demonstrate uh, what what things are happening within the uh, mobility space and the security space. Mm, okay, that's that's really helpful. And as you said, there are people that dedicate their life to you know causing havoc. So um, uh, being able to be on the other end uh, and helping with security, that's. That's actually probably a very secure um, investment of your time. So as we as we kind of build on that, you've been in many roles in BDPA, and based on the fact that you are now working from a strategic perspective, what are some strategies that members can have? in terms of being both innovative and practical to get the most out of their membership. I think um, sometimes people don't recognize that they can set strategies and look for return on investment. So I'll, I'll leave the question, turn the question over to you. Well, I, when, when you ask me that question, Fran, I can answer this from so many different perspectives. Uh, but 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 I'm going to Take a stab at it, and, and if I'm if I move from one perspective to the other, I'll, I'll let you know why I'm moving. But uh, for the first part, um, from a membership perspective, when you join the first, you have to join the organization. Uh, then, then you become a member. And so, I would like if you're not if you're on the call and you're not a member, consider joining. Once you join, understand some of the benefits. But I would say that one of the biggest benefits that I get is the aspect of networking because networking allows me to learn from others and it allows, it allows me to inform others. And that way I'm constantly growing because of my communication uh, with, with others. From a serving perspective, and I use that term because as a leader, I'm a serving leader. And I believe when you give, you get. So join the organization, 
and become actively involved. And in terms of being able to set strategy, I would work I would work to become a member of a board or a committee. Do something for the organization and then look to see what you can get out of it for yourself. Decide what what you want to get and what you want to learn and you can practice it with MBDPA. I think it was mentioned by Patrick earlier. In terms of setting a strategy, get yourself a good team that have different perspectives. However, they're committed and passionate to the organization. Develop a shared vision. Align with the national strategy. One of the things I've always told in chapters is there's a national strategy that was created by your chapter president because he serves he or she serves on the national board of directors. Align with that strategy. Create a good plan. Validate that plan with the board. It was spoken earlier by Patrick about a corporate advisory council. So if you get another set of eyes and ears helping you out with that, anything that you can dream of that you want to do, that you have the resources and the time and the passion to create, you can achieve it as an individual member or as a group within a chapter. But you have to join the chapter, you have to join the organization, and then you have to decide individually and collectively where you want to go, and then you can make it happen no matter what it is that you want to achieve. Wow. <laughs> powerful. Um, didn't I say powerful and impactful? <laughs> uh, Curtis, you know, I'm, I was going to ask you what's one final thought you want to leave the audience with, and I'm, I know that I will have you back on the show. So I think I'm going to end on a personal note and have you, and we have only about a minute, but to share a little bit about your story in terms of how you got involved in BDPA and kind of why you're so passionate. So we'll end on the personal. Okay. So uh, in 2002, I was in transition, like many. Uh, I found out that BDPA was having a, a meeting, National Board of Directors meeting in Philadelphia. I attended that meeting, and the first thing that attracted me was there were a lot of people like me of color in the IT industry that are movers and shakers in the industry. So I wanted to be a part of that. Um, as a result of being a part of that, since 2002 up to now, I've served as, v as VP of Professional Development, President and President-elect of the Philadelphia chapter, the President of the chapter, the immediate past President and Corporate Advisory Council Chair of the, of the Philadelphia chapter, and now serving as the National VP of Strategy and Planning. I do that because, again, you get when you give. As a result, my income has tripled. My last three jobs have come from BDPA relationships. There are a number of relationships that I've – there are a number of jobs that, that uh, I've impacted, got people into because of my relationships. So personally, the organization has helped me grow. Uh, believe me, having this conversation with you now, the, the words just flow out of my mouth. But prior to that, I didn't speak so well. I was always afraid of getting in front of a group. Now I do it so easily. So BDPA allows you the opportunity to grow. You have a great support. You can be what you want to be, and all you have to do is get it, put into it what you want to get out of it. And it's been wonderful for me, and I'm also a lifetime member of BDPA. And that's a membership category that I, I, I'm always pushing on. So I believe in it. Every time I'm paid, the organization's paid. A lot of times you hear people me, hear me say to other people, BDPA is my church. 
I donate to the organization through BETF, and I do that on a regular basis. So I am BDPA. I'm passionate about the organization, and that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm here to stay. Wow. Oh, that's up. I, I know Wayne is going to take that MP3 clip as well. So <laughs> Great. Well, that is a wonderful way to wrap up our show. I mean, we have had passion and power and intelligence and impact from our four really terrific guests, starting with Patrick Nelson, chairperson of BDPA's Cincinnati Corporate Advisory Council, Mario Armstrong, owner-slash-host of a daily talk show on Cyrus XM Radio, Kaylee Oliver, who was a high school who is a high school computer competition alumni from the BDPA Richmond chapter and currently a senior consultant at the North Highland, and our final guest, who's still on the line with us, Curtis Jenkins, who is Vice President of Strategy and Planning for National BDPA. So, Curtis, I want to take a moment to say thank you so much for giving of your time, sharing your passion, and really sharing it in such an eloquent way. And I love that little sound bite of your income has trickled. You've gotten your last three jobs from BBPA, and it really has provided you an opportunity to grow and be supported. So thank you, and have a great evening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You too. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, folks, that is it. We are wrapping up our September the 13th BDPA iRadio show. As I mentioned earlier, if a friend of yours um, has not joined the organization, please encourage them to step up and stand out and become a member at www.bdpa.org. If someone that you know has not had a chance to listen live to the show, you can always encourage them to go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash BDPA where they can pick up an archive. And I encourage you to tune in the second and fourth Tuesdays of every month to BDPA iRadio from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Fran McNeil. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great evening. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology, showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPA iRadio Show is a regular exchange for BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPA iRadio guests link the diverse worlds of business, education, and technology.